Hello, and welcome to Two Schools of Thought. This is Nick Roby. We have Chad Zakata. Chad, how's it going tonight? We're good. We're doing good. We're doing good. We're feeling good. College football is wacky, Nick. Yeah. Wacky. First, first question is, um, how are you? Have you recovered from Saturday? Have, have you been able to process everything that happened? I, I'm not sure. You know, so here's, here's the funny thing. Uh, you know, I, you know, we, we text, you know, most Saturdays, you know, throughout the day. Um, depending on if, you know, the Buckeyes or the Tigers are in a tight game or not. Uh, you know, I, I go a little more radio silent if we're not doing, uh, you know, if we're not beating a team by 30 points. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're going back and forth. And I, I remember I texted you later at night. I was like, this is nuts. Like there's, you know, Saturday night, there was three games uh, that I'm trying to flip back and forth between because they're all coming down to the wire. They're all like three point. I the other team takes the lead and leads back to the other team. I mean, like it was instead of, um, uh, emotionally, I think I'm still a little giddy, but uh, physically, I think I'm still, I think I'm still worn out, Nick. Yeah, it was, it was a full day. I, it was, it was the most, um, see my Tigers didn't play. And that was probably the most like emotionally invested I've been in games that haven't been my team in a while. And I was like by myself, like watch, I was on dad duty. And so I'm literally there by myself, like talking to my infant child, like yelling at the TV and like trying to (laughs) talk through all these different things. You got to talk it out, you know, because there's just so much that happened. And that first window was crazy. Like I was trying to watch three screens and, you know, the end of the, you get Texas, Texas and Oklahoma, you've got. Oh my Arkansas, goodness. Arkansas, Old Miss, all these crazy things are happening. So I was very thankful as a Clemson fan, just from our injuries and just because it was a crazy Saturday to not be playing because we yeah. just needed, we just needed a break. <laughs> yeah. It had been emotionally a lot to take in. I get that. You know, what's funny is like last year when the big 10 delayed and uh, we weren't sure if we were going to have a season or not, uh, there was a good four, five, maybe six weeks where the rest of the country was playing and I had no game to watch. And so uh, as opposed to, you know, most Saturdays, um, you know, either having to flip back and forth between the Buckeyes and the Tigers in our house or having six to seven dedicated hours of, of, you know, football on our TV of just those two teams alone it was it was quite refreshing last season. So I'm with you, man. Like I'm sure that it it was really nice to just sit back and go, "Hey, college football is great. I love this." Yeah. If you were super invested in it, you know. Oh yeah, I think a day like Saturday reminds you like why you love it because there's just so much passion in the game, and you can just tell from not having like fans last year or as much, you can just see, we saw multiple people um, like fans rushing the field. And I know it, you start to think about like all the people in close contact, but it was just fun to, <laughs> but it's just fun to have that, the pageantry back and the effects of home field advantage and just the emotions and the excitement and the last minute calls. And it, it just, there's just nothing like it. I just don't know any other sport, in the world where you have people that are this invested 
into kids these ages and you're just representing your school. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're part of the country, like you're, fandom of like it's just almost like a part of you you know and i know other other sports have different pieces of that but it's just such a unique sport and just saturday was just super it's just a cool day to be remembered of like why you love it well and i mean we got let's let's just go ahead and say it and if you have not been on social media uh then you missed it because there's no way that you have social media and you didn't see about 20 different replays at least of the best moment of the season was when uh, showing the Texas A&M's kicker's family oh on the sideline as he yeah. lines up for the game-winning kick. And I think he saw it, it was his wife that was, you know, freaking out the most. And I'm sure that was, I'm pretty sure that was his mom right next to her, his little sister, his dad, I you mean, know, you gotta- and you watch that and you're like, this is why. Yep. This is, this is what we love. Yeah. You know? Or, or on the air, did you see this uh, meteorologist on the air during her news Saturday night broadcast? And he's like, um, are you a little distracted? And she's like, yeah, we're about to be Texas. We're about to be Alabama. We haven't beat them since Johnny Manziel. She's like going through this whole thing. If you haven't seen that, that's hilarious. Because this lady's like trying to like do a broadcast and she just can't handle because <laughs> they're about to win. Um, side note. I thought that was amazing. I love the video. Was it just me or was the holder from Texas A&M holding the ball kind of funny? Like it was a different angle. He held it like in front. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look at that. I, I didn't. It's, I didn't it's super that. random. But once you look at it, it's like I can't unsee it. And so it just was <laughs> you're like, he's holding the ball wrong. Oh, it, the kick is good. OK, it's just I'm super happy for them. But that's crazy that well, they beat Alabama. And, and I'll tell you what, Nick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead right now and um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take credit for the Texas A&M win. Okay, oh. and here's and here's my uh, here's my rationale. Okay, okay, you know, so so that it, it was that game. It was the Notre Dame Virginia Tech, and um, what was the other nightcap? Oh, Nebraska and U of M. Nebraska and the yes. team up north. Those are the three games I was paying attention to at, at you know like. 1030 at night. And so I'm flipping back and forth between all of them. And, you know, you could probably guess if you're listening to this podcast, what my cheering interest in those three games was like very clearly. I wanted Virginia tech to beat uh, Notre Dame because yes, Buckeyes, we just can't stand them. And I I mean, most of the country can't either, Uh, you know, clearly pulling for big red, like go Nebraska, Uh, Adrian Martinez. I don't know how you're still a quarterback at Nebraska because you've been there for over a decade, but like I was pulling for you on Saturday night and, um, and then Texas A&M. But so here's the thing I'm flipping back and forth. Most the, the, the Virginia tech and the Nebraska games, they were coming out of the wire first. And so mm-hmm. I'm kind of going back and forth and to the point where it's like, all right, I got to watch this because this is the end. Like this is, you know, here it goes. Let's see what happens. And, and they lose, both of them lose. And I turned to my wife and I said, you know what? She said, are you going to go off? And they got scored. That's when they went up 38-31. And I said, but I just watched Virginia Tech and Nebraska blow it. They had leads and they blew it. And I was cheering for them. And so, like, I I don't want Texas A&M to blow it. So I'm turning off the TV. And I turned it off. And I didn't watch. And you didn't watch. And those next 10 points. And lo and behold, 
The Aggies win. There you go. Well, <laughs> props You're to welcome, you. That's Jimbo. A, yeah. It's always very mixed for me with Texas A&M because it's like they it's like they it's like I want to cheer for them, like to be supportive of them. But then they also hire like the coach that I have like the biggest rivalry with from the ACC. Uh, yeah. And then and then they do stuff and then they have like cheer practice in the middle of the night and it's just like I, I get it but also like it, it's just very interesting dynamic of a university um but i have a lot I, I know people who love the love the school and it's one of those like one of those teams are like like I'm, I'm happy for them that they did it and i'm like i cheer for them whenever they play alabama because it's just fun to, you know i mean it's fun to watch uh the big dog go down i know that's why people cheer against clemson too but i'll be honest chad um I'm, I'm, we're have a just a moment of honesty in this, this. I feel like this is a safe space, right? You know, yeah, yeah. Just between definitely. between you and me, um, uh-huh. I fell asleep during the last window. <laughs> it was a long day, you know. I'm on dad duty all day. I'm watching. I watched the kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, I saw AM go up, and the next thing I knew, it's the middle of the night, and I was like, I missed the games. And I get your text, and then it's just like. These games have been insane. And I was like, I fell asleep during all of them. Nick, but, for the record, I was not going to out you that you fell asleep. You know, I, I just said yeah, that I I'll, texted you and said the game. Oh, I know. Crazy. I know. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, there's just life happens, you know, it's okay. People aren't going to listen to us anymore. We don't watch college listen, football. <laughs> I watched from 9 a.m. until like, what was it, 9 30? That's a long day. And then I just have, I happen to miss all the other ones. I watched Texas and Oklahoma. I watched, I was watching three screens. I watched Arkansas Old Miss with the two point conversion, which is also very hot. To uh, the, uh, the also Rams of last week's SEC clashes. Yes. Um, watched all those, watched Wake Forest escape against Syracuse and yeah. all that. But then, you know, those night games get you, man. They do. They're they so do. late. It's hard for us East Coast oh, people. <laughs> I know. It is. I'm not going to lie. jealous of like Central and Mountain Time Zone people because, golly, it's, yeah. it is late. <laughs> it's, it, it, they're, just, they're just late. So, you know, but it's all good. It's all good. Um, Before I forget, I also I, – I, I need to say, uh, you know, I know uh, at least one of our listeners is, uh, is, is a big Alabama fan. Uh, my pastor is an Alabama fan. Mm. So uh, shout out to my pastor. Still love you, but I was glad to see your team go down the same way that you were glad to see my team go down in week two. So um, just, we needed to put that out there. Uh, thanks for listening. Super appreciate you. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. And um, your team's going to be great rest of the year. I'm not, I'm not super worried about it, but yeah. I guess it was about to happen one time. Bound to happen one time. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, we could we could talk through all these games. Um, was there like, a, there's a couple of big themes that I was kind of seeing, but I'm curious to see like what what was your big like takeaway or a couple of takeaways from just the day. You know, I think uh, probably one of the biggest things is, um, I mean, the the you're, it, I think it cannot be overstated that. Teams now and the way that the game is played, uh, for the most part, um, you go as far as your quarterback is going to take you. 
right? And I think we saw mm-hmm. that multiple times. Um, I mean, you could, you could start with, I mean, C.J. Stroud. Uh, I know it was, you know, just Maryland, but C.J. Stroud out there this week versus C.J. Stroud against Minnesota or Oregon or even Tulsa, uh, I mean, it's a di- he's a different player. He was out there dealing, and the offense for Ohio State looks phenomenal. Looks like they know how to do something, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you've got that, in a, you know, against a team that's not super great. But then, obviously, the Red River rivalry, you've got the, the whole Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and obviously, Williams sparked that team in a way that Rattler really hasn't been able to do this year. We've yeah, watched them yeah. struggle on offense. You know, like uh, last week I said, hey, does Oklahoma have a defense? And does Oklahoma not have an offense this year? You know, and um, this past week it felt like Oklahoma still had their offense and they also still did not have a defense <laughs> like we're used to seeing. So it's the but, same. Uh, they obviously won that game on the on the strength of Caleb Williams. And then, you know, I mean, all, all the credit in the world to that uh, A&M Quarterback, I mean, he was a warrior out there uh, all game long. Um, but then the other biggest game of, this, of the, the week that people didn't really talk about, uh, the Iowa-Penn State game in Iowa City. I mean, my goodness, that that game turned on the injury to Sean Clifford uh, that I've not um, necessarily seen a, a, a prognosis on him. Um, I haven't really gone looking for it necessarily, uh, but um, – you know, Penn State's up 14 to three, moving the ball on Iowa on that, yeah. that great defense that they have. And um, and he goes down with the injury, doesn't come back. And Iowa obviously, you know, comes back and, and wins that thing at home. And, and you know, um, so it's interesting. I think your team goes kind of as far as the quarterback is going to take you. You know, there, there's still teams out there, you know, like Georgia that they're going to run the ball. They're going to play really great defense. But um just another week, I think, that, that backed up that hey, your quarterback is the central piece. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely agree with that. I mean, you can – I mean, that's even – speaking for my Tigers, like that's a huge difference in this year too is is the consistency of DJ Uyunglele and like his – the way he's working with his wide receivers and like that whole – ecosystem together of them working together like that's just it's different than it was before and we're having to work on it and how much that changes the dynamic because the defense doesn't super change so i i totally agree and even even just speaking off of that like the the i don't know the gusto the gumption the the knowing within the team of lincoln riley of knowing when to pull that trigger to then go to caleb williams i was just super impressed with that because Spencer Rattler's not a like he doesn't come across as a guy who like could take that suit like I don't say take it super well, but like it's one of those things like if you pull that trigger, like in the in the the nature of the game we're in right now, the transfer portal is just very open. You know, they're already talking about it now. That's just the way our game is. So it's like if you're gonna make a switch, you have to know that you have a good backup and you have a good health on the team just to support that switch. And the switch of that and to see how much they supported him. I was just super impressed with that. And I just thought there were a lot of big coaching decisions that were made this mm-hmm. week. And not that they're not every week, but just how much were microscoped of, 
of that. You have that decision, which totally changed the tide of, I mean, Oklahoma is probably going to lose, honestly. And they were like about to lose bad. They're about 21. They're going to get blown out. Blown out by a Texas team, which I was, you don't get wins for, for losses, but I was impressed with Texas in a loss, you know? That's fair. And I was and I was impressed with Sarkeesian and the way he called the game. And um, they have a freshman wide receiver who is really good. But you have that. You have Lane Kiffin going for fourth down all the time in the old Miss game. And then you have mm-hmm. the two point conversion, which I'm also curious to see how you feel about this because you've got Arkansas old Miss. They've been trading blows. Arkansas's on the road. They this is the crazy part. You always get you know there happens you know with the home operating with the clock whenever there's like close yeah. in the game somehow you know an extra second or two just kind of yeah. just always seems to kind of just go away faster but Especially no they, in the sec west yeah but then the home operator is like no there's a second on this clock <laughs> and i was like wow okay i was expecting to be like okay game over they're celebrating they're like no there's a second on this clock it's like okay they score the touchdown arkansas yeah. is about to go and Pittman like doesn't even like hesitate, goes for two. Do you go for two that situation on the road, ranked team? Um there's a lot of context into that, but yeah, yeah. It, Honestly, it's a tough call. Yeah. It's a tough call. Um, you know, if I'm Pittman, my offense, we've been moving the ball. Uh, we're you're right, playing with playing with some sort of flag and even yeah, they got shot Georgia last. Bit. They, they played with that all season, um, but uh, gosh, I think I think I probably would have Nick. I think I probably yeah. would have. Yeah, me too. I honestly, I know it's kind of controversial. It's one of those plays like if you make it, you are lofted as like a great decision, and then if you don't, you get really scrutinized for it. But for me, right. with Pittman, and he's such a player's coach, and trying to, I think, just bringing in a culture of, like, no, like, we, I believe, like, just belief in that yeah. program, yeah. I thought it was really cool that he went for it. And I, I support the decision. I'm not always a fan of that. Like, when Mac Brown did it for UNC against us um, a couple years ago, I wasn't as big of that, that one. Um, but then again, they've also changed. You had some more time than – Whereas we're now with overtime, you have to go for two starting on the second overtime. Right. It's like you, you already have to, and then it turns into just you're trading two point conversions. So in a way you're like, at least we get to end it on our, on our call. So, yeah. I mean, it didn't work out for him, but for me, I just love the belief he showed in his team. Honestly. Yes. It was yes. like, and, and I think he earned a lot of points with them, even if they didn't actually win the game. So, and it's, and you know, this this might be slightly controversial to say, but like it's not going to be as scrutinized at Arkansas as it is Tuscaloosa or in Columbus or in Austin. You know, like it's just it's just not going to be as scrutinized as much. He's not going to catch as much blowback. But I think you're right. You match it up with his personality. He won tons of points with their fans, sure. with their program, with those players. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're gonna go to war for him. Yeah, and w- he's trying to still a culture of winning. Like they hadn't won an SEC game like in like a couple years until like, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like you're you're we're switching that mindset too for some of those guys. So it 
I, I see points either way. I think you just have to be convicted and go for it. Um, but you had that call. And then I thought another thing was interesting was there are a lot of teams going for on fourth down, especially underdogs when they mm-hmm. could have taken the field goal, getting the points. And if I'm an underdog, say I'm a 10 point underdog, maybe at home, you know, say, let's say Georgia Auburn. Uh-huh. There's there's one time when they could have taken the field goal. You're down 17 to six at the half versus 17 three. If you get the touchdown or you get the first down, like obviously that's big. But as good of a defense that is, I I think you take the points in that, especially early in a game, like first quarter, second quarter. When it's later in the game, I get it. But there's just a few different uh, teams that really went for it. Where I thought it was a little bit too risky for the reward that you were getting, what you were going to lose if you didn't get it. Right. I think, I think it all just depends situationally for me yeah. when it comes to that. Like it, it's hard to kind of blanket go for me. Oh man, if it's early in the game, then yeah, don't, don't do it. But if it's later in the game, do it. Because I think then you get into later in the game, you've got all those nerves, right? Like players are going to be a little bit more tense um, because yeah. the stakes are, are higher because there's less time. So I don't know. I, I think it, it's it's a little bit more situational for me, and just going. If I'm a head coach and I'm you know I'm on the sidelines, I'm going to try and you know have my fingers on the pulse of how our team feels. Sure. Does it feel yeah. like we we can go get it? And does it feel like if we don't get it that it's going to be disastrous? You know, like trying to have a real sense of the the mental kind of emotional state of your team and how they're thinking about the game, knowing that that could have enormous impacts both ways, you know? Um, so, but it's hard, man. <laughs> oh, listen, I mean, that's why they get, I mean, they get paid the big bucks to do it, you know? I mean, yeah. I, like you, you take South Carolina, for example, and I know people might hear as a Clemson fan, like, oh, he's going to give South Carolina a hard time. You're down 14 nothing early. Like just in a blink of an eye, you're down to Tennessee. Tennessee just started like clicking all cylinders. So yeah. you gotta get points on the board. You gotta, you gotta get points on the board. You're on the goal line. They drop a wide receiver pass in the end zone. When I get Joiner, I believe it was Joiner, who was used to be a quarterback and they kind of fill in. I I get like what they were trying to do, but to me, like you don't do in the goal line because it's too close of a space. You do that right. like from the 40 yard line or something. Yes. To me, I'm like don't force it. Like you're running the ball, run the ball. You take the points. You're down 14, three, if you don't score the touchdown. And then you've, I almost feel like it's, it's, I I equate it to in that situation. I equate it to, I would want to see my players see the ball go in like in basketball, let them see it go through, Mm -hmm. see we're in this game because then what happens is then you quickly see Tennessee was up 28 to nothing before even we even know what happened. And the game isn't almost been basically over. So granted it still could have been 28 to three. Like you don't know, but I, I, <laughs> that situation, it turns into an interception. Probably still would have been. Yeah. I mean, listen, like they're rebuilding and I like what he's like. I, I like the direction they're going with them. Um, but that's just, a, that was just a scenario of like, I don't know if I like that, but then I like the one with Pittman. And like you said, yeah, <laughs> with Arkansas, it, 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 it's a very, you have to have your pulse on it. Um, right. But it's just very interesting to see like how people kind of kind of fade that in and out. Yeah. Well, let's see. Um, there was a lot you want this to, weekend. 
There's yeah. a lot that's drinking. Um, so, and then of course you have Alabama losing. We can talk about this real quick. You want to go into some AP poll and then we got some other rankings we want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. Okay. Um, Alabama comes in at number five after a rank, uh, losing to unranked Texas A&M. How do you feel about them at five? I think it's a little high. Um, and I think that, uh, here's the thing we see, I feel like we see Alabama get kind of unfair treatment to be totally honest. Um, when you know in the when in a blue moon they do drop a regular season game mm-hmm. uh they get punished and penalized much less than any other program in america um ranked lost loss mm-hmm. unranked loss um and that goes back a little bit i think you know obviously most of the time if they're going to drop a game in season it's going to be an in-division game. You know, it's going to be Ole Miss, A&M, um, those sorts of things. And so Mississippi State. Um, and so, you know, that, that kind of goes back to a little bit to my, my statement before of everyone in the media is trying to find well, who's that challenger in the SEC West to Alabama. You know, who's mm-hmm. going to be the new hot thing? that They're definitely going to challenge Alabama this year. Tide better watch out. Here comes insert SEC West team. Next year, it'll probably be Arkansas. That'll probably be the team that they prop up. They go, watch out for Arkansas, Bama. And then Bama's going to beat them by 30, you know. Um, but uh, so it, it feels like that might be a little bit of what's going on. So it doesn't feel like it's 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 fair because, you know, um, you know, I mean, just personally, right? And this could be sour grapes. Sure, you can say that all you want. That's fine. They are. Uh, but the Buckeyes lose uh, to to a ranked, a top ten ranked uh, Oregon team and drop eight spots uh, down to eleven. And Alabama drops four spots, losing to an unranked team. Uh, not even you know a team ranked at like number twenty or whatever. No, no, outside yeah. the top twenty-five. Um, yeah, it's we're all it's an imperfect way of trying to rank apples and oranges sometimes. Um, yes. And that's what makes this interesting is you have people and it's a point system, right? You know, so you have people coming in and I get all that to me. I think it's too high too, but then, you know, it's hard because then you're like, who do you replace Alabama with? And we'll get kind of into that because we did our own rankings as a little um, snippet for what's coming next. Come on. And so, that's where I'm like, Alabama's still really good. And I know some people are like, yes, they're still really good and they had a bad day. And that's, I think, it's just the inconsistency. I think that's the harder part. It's not necessarily Alabama. Because you try to say it's just for one year, but they're all intertwined, you know? And then you have preseason polls. And so it's like where you rank, you know, we have A&M number five in the country, and then but they're still an unranked team. But then they're still kind of viewed as like, this ranked team, and then they jump up to what twenty one now because they lost. And it's like, well, do we, are we going to forget that they barely beat Colorado? And it, right? It just it, it can get a little bit reactionary, you know. So it's it's just interesting to see how we kind of like what do we do with with all these things, and we're going to have more chaos to come. So it, it kind of shakes itself out. But then, like another interesting fact is you have an Iowa team who beats number four Penn State 
does not receive a single first place vote. Which is ridiculous. Look, look, I get, and I'm like, I'm with like Georgia being the best team, like number one in the country right now. But it's just so interesting. We have 62 voters in the AP poll. Not a single one voted for Iowa. Not it's just one. very it's just very interesting when they beat a number four team that you ranked last week yeah. as number four. So there's a lot of factors. It's just interesting. That was just the big one because because when you see a team lose like that, you're like how far they lose. Because we when we lost to now number one Georgia, we dropped five spots. And then we've right. lost to now a ranked NC State team in overtime. And now we're not even in the top 25. So it's an imperfect thing. And it's natural for us to want to build up teams because you want to see the big matchups. But right, right. That's that's the AP poll. And so Chad and I, we got some group of people together to do our own uh two schools of thought and backyard catch poll. So this is the revealing of the poll. And so what we did is we had a committee of people from different uh, different fandoms and different backgrounds of just watching the watching the games. And we did our own version of the points. So, you know, if you got a first place vote and we only did top 20, we didn't do top 25, trying to make it a little bit more concise, but still have some, some bulk to it. So if you got a first place vote, say you voted Georgia one, they got 20 points for first, then 19 for second, 18 for third, and so on all the way down to one at the bottom. Um, just a little background. So we each voted. Um, I'm the one who compiles all the, all the rankings. So I'm going to reveal them live live recorded uh to chad and we're gonna see i have not seen these rankings no um we have his and then after that we can each give our 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 top six so chad i thought it'd be fun i'm gonna reveal um i'm gonna go bottom up and we'll go from there i'm gonna go like five at a time and then i'm here if you want me to stop or not so uh here are the first revealing of the backyard catch 2021 rankings at 20th we have NC State Wolfpack. Big win over Clemson. Okay. Okay. 19, Arizona State. 18, Arkansas. 17, Florida. 16, Wake Forest. I got no issues there. No issues no there. No issues okay. there. Yeah, okay. I think the one to watch, I'll, I'll give you one to watch out of that. It, it's, uh, it's number 19, it's Arizona State. They've got a lot of skill. They've got a lot of speed from Edwards. I think he mm-hmm. could take them uh, to the Pac-12 title game, and then let's see what happens there. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting to see if Wake, from an ACC standpoint, can can they hold up being the like the undefeated team? Um, it would be very interesting to see. Um, then next five, we have 15, Notre Dame, barely beating Virginia Tech, 14, Old Miss, 13, Coastal, 12, Oklahoma State. Eleven. We have a tie for tenth. Oh, we have an exact oh. tie. We okay. have two exact ties. Actually, it just happened to work oh. that way. So I'll do it okay. this way. Okay. Um, okay. Tied for tenth. You have Michigan State and Kentucky. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Exact ties. All right. All right. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I can't. I can't. You know, the, those two teams right now. It feels like uh, flipping a coin. So that that does feel. Um, it feels okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what kind of happened is people kept flipping, kept flipping, flipping spots. Oklahoma state's an interesting one. Cause I don't know if they've been super tested yet, um, but, it's like, but then it's like, you have to be, you have to be somebody somewhere. And that's the whole thing with this is that 
We can be right. upset about where Alabama is, but they also have some like they have some good wins too. So it's like you gotta like, and then who are you gonna replace them with? You can't just like be like they're not five. It's like, well, okay, well, who are you gonna put five? Like that's how right. these that, that's how this works. Um, okay. Top top ten. So we have two tied for ten. Nine is Oregon. Okay. And then we have two tied for seventh. Penn State and Michigan are both tied at seven. Hmm. And then six is Ohio State. How do you feel about that for your Buckeyes? I think the Buckeyes are a little too low, and I think people have not watched the progression, uh, and that's okay. They don't have to. Um, they haven't been exciting games, but uh, I think the fun thing for the way that the, the Buckeyes schedule has set up and, and continues to through mm-hmm. the rest of October and into November is each week it's getting progressively uh, more yeah. difficult of an opponent. And yet both of the Buckeye offense and defense have continued to look better each of the last three weeks. Uh, uh, and really even four weeks since we lost to um, Oregon. So each week has, has progressively gotten better. Um, mm-hmm. and so you can poo poo the schedule, you know, some of the schedule all you want. Let's also not, you know, you can't be that person that, that, uh, that craps on the Buckeyes schedule and then says, well, Georgia, because their schedule is horrible. So, oh yeah. Um, I mean, the, the <laughs> fact that like the big 10 East, like has, I mean, that's a, the gauntlet that all, like all you guys will play each other. And that's the thing is you've all four, these teams, four teams from the East division in the top 10. It's like the SEC West a few years ago. It's just, it's, yep. I mean, those are even very intense games. And I think the Oregon game is still fresh on people's minds. Um, yeah. That's why I personally, I ranked Oregon a little higher than some other people because I still gave them credit for that win because also how good Ohio State's been since. It's going to keep looking better for Oregon. Yeah, but then Oregon has that terrible loss to Stanford. So it kind of bounces right. out a little bit. Okay, right. we'll, um, we'll go in the playoff way um, since we go six. Uh, number one, Tim of the Country, we're going to flip to number one. Receiving okay. 13 out of a possible 14 votes is Georgia. No surprise there. All right. Uh, Iowa received one first place vote. Um, three guesses who that was, Chad. Um, only need one. <laughs> only one. Uh, three was Cincinnati. So we got Cincinnati Bearcats, okay. and our version would be number three in the country. Four was Oklahoma, and five was Alabama. Okay. So. To revisit the top six is Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Alabama, Ohio State. Which I believe basically mirrors the AP. It's very similar. It, it kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Yeah. So just so, based on how. Look, um, I only need one guess. Uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy for, for you all to know who voted Iowa number one. Um, it's the person who looked at it and said, Hey, they just beat the number four team. Yeah. The yeah. number four team, you know, who is still ranked inside the top 10. I had 10 still inside the top 10. Uh, and so, um, but I'm also not gonna, you know, nitpick and say, George, obviously I voted Georgia second. So, Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, For me, yeah, I mean, uh, Chad, do you want to run through your top six real quick? Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll run through mine. Um, 
So I had Iowa at number one, Georgia at two, uh, Cincy at three, the Buckeyes at four, uh, ahead of Oklahoma at five and Alabama at six. Um, it, it's so funny. I was talking about this with a couple of other buddies, trying to figure out rankings, right? Because you have this mix of things that come into your brain. It's who have they played and how do they look in those games? You know, did they dominate them? Did they scrape by certain teams? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also like, you, you have to acknowledge that there's, there's inher- inherent bias of the name of the team into your rankings the, oh, the, sure. the conference and division that they play in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like all of that plays into all of our biases when we're trying to rank teams. Uh, and so like I would look at Oklahoma, I go, yeah, I put Ohio state over Oklahoma because I genuinely feel like um, while Oklahoma has not lost a game, they also very easily probably should have lost three already. Luck is is a part of college football. They didn't lose those games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Ohio State did drop one. But there's many games that Oklahoma did not look good. Uh, and even this game against Texas, like, yeah, they came back and they point the deficit. They won the game, but, like, 21-point deficit. <laughs> like, you know, like, they got down by that much. Um, they were on the ropes. And, yes, they made a comeback, but, like, that means, hey, it's possible for them to be on the ropes. Um, I just don't think they've looked that great. Um, yeah. Alabama, again, they had an unranked loss. Ohio State had a top 10 loss. Uh, so, you know, it's um, – but it, it's it's weird to try, and, to try and, and figure it out when you're going like – then if you follow recruiting rankings, you know, I know who's had the more talented recruiting classes. So, like, yeah. no one in the country is going to argue that, that Iowa is actually – uh, statistically more talented than Georgia. Oh, sure. I, but I was been a very, do- like a very dominant, like team that's been kind of a quiet story. And I personally didn't rank them number one, but I have no problem with, with the argument to rank them number one. Like for me, Georgia's just been the most complete team and they've just been in control for the you know like just for the longest amount of time and so it was it was hard to be like well you're it feels like you have to nitpick but then it's just like well you just kind of go with I, I think Georgia's number one but Iowa I like totally get the argument to make Georgia to make Iowa one because they beat a top five team mm-hmm. you know and it doesn't and it's like if you get injured I, I get that but it's like you still have to beat them you know yeah. like they still yeah. are losing so um I can go through mine real quick uh yeah let's hear yours Okay, so one was Georgia, then Iowa, Cincinnati, four, I had Oklahoma, five, Penn State, six, Ohio mm-hmm. State, and just for the record, I had Alabama seven. So I dropped wow. him even lower. Penn State up there, five. I have I Penn State up there because <laughs> they lost to the number three team in the country on yeah. the road. On the road. And, lost, and were winning and lost their quarterback in the midst of that. And still were holding their own, and because they have a and they had a win over uh, Auburn as well, and they yep. think they beat um, maybe Wisconsin or somebody else like that. Maybe they Wisconsin. just Wisconsin, yeah, and that's when Wisconsin was ranked. So it's like, well, right. 
And now obviously they're not as good, like considered as good, but to me, that just meant they had a more of a bulk schedule behind it. Um, and I put Ohio State above Alabama because I was like, you lost, like you said, you lost to a, a, a top 10 Oregon team and Alabama. I just punished them more for the, for the unranked, unranked loss. So, yeah, but it, I mean, you see the argument. It's just very interesting to see the thought process, the thought process behind that. That's why this is so fun. I know. I know. And that's what makes it so interesting. For days. I know. And as long as you have an argument behind it, I think that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes college football fun as we like kind of end the show for this week. That's what makes it fun is as long as you have like solid arguments sake behind it, you can talk about these different teams as long as you have stuff to back it up. That's, you know, that's what makes it interesting and that makes the debating fun. I feel like that's half of it is just being able to talk about it with people. So, um, you'll get a full list of the breakdown of the rankings. Um, some other notables was Texas A&M was the next team outside. So they would have been 21 and then BYU, uh, was the next team. Uh, Clemson did receive a vote, but it was not from me. So I'll leave it. I'll leave it at that. Wow. Um, remember, remember, this is a top 20, not top 25. I'll, right. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. But for the record, that wasn't officially me. You can see our rankings um, later when we post them. So, Chad, my man, I, I feels like we just could scratch the surface of this, um, but at least we got to process together at least, you know, yes. this time of, of what happened. Because, <laughs> I mean, we could talk about this for like three hours, but, you know. That's, that's a long oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, my man. Well, thank you as always. And uh, good luck. Always this a week. pleasure. Yeah. Um, so stay tuned, guys. Stay tuned for the rankings and some more stuff coming out. Um, thank you for listening. And for now, we are signing off. <laughs>